0: Jesus, I love thee. So appropriate for the call to worship that I wanted to bring. And I welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ to worship. Have you ever asked yourself the simple question, why do I go to church? And I imagine It may depend on the Sunday, but sometimes it's to receive consolation, uh, encouragement, comfort. Sometimes it might be to receive direction or guidance. Uh, Sometimes it's merely to praise God and to thank him for all that he's done for us. But whatever it is that draws you in, I imagine it has something to do with the love of God that you have felt here. I want to read four verses from four different places that speak of that that speak of that love of God. The first one is in 1 Nephi chapter 3 and 64 and this is Nephi's response to the question of what is this tree that you see he says yea it is the love of God which sheddeth itself abroad in the hearts of the children of men wherefore it is the most desirable above all things from 4th Nephi, chapter 1, verse 17. And it came to pass that there was no contention in the land because of the love of God, which did dwell in the hearts of the people. Jacob chapter 2, verse 50. O all ye that are pure in heart, lift up your heads and receive the pleasing word of God. And feast upon his love. For ye may, if your minds are firm forever. And from Moroni chapter 7 verse 11. But behold that which is of God. Inviteth and enticeth to do good continually. Wherefore everything which inviteth and enticeth to do good. And to love God and to serve him is inspired of God. So you have been inspired of God to be here this morning. And I invite you to worship Him with all of us. Let us turn to hymn number 11. <clears throat>
1: come before you now, Father, in the name of our Savior, even Jesus Christ, our Savior and our friend. And Father, it is with joy that once more we have gathered together, and we come, Father, in anticipation and expectation of your outpouring of your blessings. And Father, as we see the beauty of your Son and the brightness of the snow this day, we are filled, Father, with the knowledge that all things are created by you and in your hand. So we pray now, Father, for our brother Steve, that he might... uh, be able to break, to impart those words, Father, and break forth that bed of life to us, that we might be edified and strengthened. And Father, we pray for our brother Mike this day as he has that uh, duty of uh, overwatching the service and, uh, and being providing for its care. So we ask these things, Father, and pray them in Christ's name. Amen.
2: Lord has made a rich promise to us all individually. He has promised us to prosper in the land if we but keep his commandments. So I truly believe that we have been a prospered people with all those necessities of life. Would you bow with me to praise our Lord? Gracious God our Heavenly Father, we so do thank Thee and praise Thy holy name for all of Your gifts and blessings to us, those spiritual gifts that sustain us daily, Father, those blessings of Your love, Your compassion, Your tender mercy. We praise Thee, Father. And as we have this opportunity to give back a portion of that which You have given to us, Father, I would pray that we might give with willing hearts for the building of the up of thy kingdom. And I pray it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
3: The scripture lesson for this morning is taken from the Proverbs of Ecclesiastes, the preacher. From the 16th chapter, verse 25, very familiar, but very pertinent to our day. There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof, Or the ways of death. I was asked to attend uh, the LDS conference here in Kansas City at the behest of the uh, Kansas City State Bishop Bishop Harris at the time I did so and there were some ladies that sang and he stood and said "Uh, what more can I add to that I feel the same way. Thank you, Stephanie, Miranda, Maddie, and Audrey. That was just so pertinent. So pertinent for our day. For you see, he is the apple of our eye. I've misplaced my notes, but that's okay. Last uh, Wednesday evening, when we were preparing and when we were praying to our Heavenly Father, as we were testifying and bearing witness of the goodness of our Lord and our Redeemer, an announcement came that day from the general church, the mother church, I'll call it, that they have designated a new president, prophet, for the church. And we wish her well. But there is a way that the Lord is going to take care of his people. You know, there is a way that does seem right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, as we read in our scripture lesson. So we have to ask ourselves, do we uh, want to be guided in a right and proper way to the churches. See, the Lord's already addressed this many years ago. When he he said, again, verily I say unto you, I will show unto you wisdom in me concerning all the churches inasmuch as they are willing to be guided in a right and proper way for their salvation. That the work of the gathering together of my saints may continue, that I may build them up unto my name upon holy places, for the time of harvest is come, and my word must needs be fulfilled. The time of harvest has come. Brothers and sisters, and that's today. It seemed right that uh, Joseph would give the uh, manuscript to Martin Harris. After all, all he wanted to do was show his wife and his wife's sister and a couple friends. It seemed that it would be okay. Okay. It seemed like a fair request, after all, because of the uh, monumental thing that was given to the Lord's people. But then, as a result thereof, we've lost the 116 pages, haven't we? No more to be found. It was more than rumor that... uh, Martin's wife ended up with him. What she did with him, nobody knows. Oh, she despised Joseph. But the Lord said, remember, remember, that it is not the work of God that is frustrated, but the works of men. For although a man may have many revelations and have power to do many mighty works, yet if he boast in his own strength, and sets at naught the counsels of God, and follows after the dictates of his own will and carnal desires, he must fall and incur the vengeance of a just God upon him. You see, all things are done in the wisdom of him who knoweth all things, the scriptures say. These things that I mentioned a moment ago about the new prophet, s." And these things that uh, have come upon the church are not a surprise to our Lord. How can they be? I'm going to refer once or twice to a pamphlet that uh, you're familiar with. Concerning our whereabouts, I call it my fourth standard book. And in that, the Lord said, uh, he shall walk in the paths of his own appointing through Brother Joseph Luffy said this. As of old, and the avenues of your invention shall not be entered. For it shall be a day of God's revealment, you see. And his steps shall be taken as he hath arranged from the beginning. His ordinances shall speak glory and his weapons shall declare achievement. And shame and confusion shall cover all that hath wrought in their stead. Then shall the beholder exclaim, surely the God of the ancients, the unchangeable Jehovah, Has returned to magnify his ordinations and to vindicate his covenant, to reveal the life of his utterances, and to bring to pass the triumph of his kingdom among men. Oh, that we had trusted in the eternity of his recollection and had not leaned on our own understanding, then might we have had place in the glory of this revealment. Do you see the hand of God in this day and age? I sure do. For he said, has he whom I have chosen become wiser than I? Or have years brought feebleness to my hand? Hath not my eye foreseen? Or are the conditions that confront my heritage a surprise unto me? You know, the Lord's people don't give him enough credit, frankly. They give credit to, oh, a lot of worldly things, I should say. But brothers and sisters, when you come to know And love the Lord like I know you do. You're going to wait for him, aren't you? You're going to wait for him. Not that you're going to just sit and do nothing. But you're going to wait on him. Busy faithfulness and industrious waiting. Is a phrase that Joseph III coined many years ago. That still goes for us today. Busy faithfulness and industrious waiting. You see, this God that we adore and love has sharpened his sword that he made from the beginning. He's wedded it, wedded it for this day and age. For you and for me. Two weeks ago, uh, I sat right down here and the table was set for the sacrament service. And I was so close to the tablecloth. Beautiful covering if you haven't really observed it. I I wish all of you could see that tablecloth up close. It's made out of linen. Not rayon or dacron or Orlan, orlon or jersey or wool. It's linen. There's a reason for that. As I observed that tablecloth, and I was real close. I hope I didn't distract anybody. I, I just looked and I just marveled at the interwoven strands of fabric. You see, linen is made from Flax. And it is the most beautiful piece of work you'll ever see. Those lines of linen. I just sat there and I just, I just was in awe, frankly, about how beautiful, how clean it was, how beautiful it was. Not a wrinkle on it. But you know what else is made of flax? Flax. And you know who uses flax a lot? The old boy himself. The flaxen cord, if you will. And he leads you very carefully, as the Book of Mormon says, down to hell. So may you consider... Your life in these latter days as to which way you want to go. What road do you want to choose? Who do you want to follow? If we want to follow a man, let's don't follow a man or woman. Let's follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in him, he will lead you and tell you, the scriptures say, all things which you should know. It seemed uh, right, perhaps, for Satan to ask Jesus if these, uh, can, he, can he change these uh, stones into bread? It seemed right, didn't it? That was a fair question, also. But Jesus said, it is written, you see. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth forth from the mouth of God. Brothers and sisters, we have words that are written. And we need to pay heed to those words. I can't help but think of that same morning a couple of weeks ago. Brother Tony who is uh, preaching in Adrian right, right now had us sing this hymn Savior, Savior hear my humble cry while on others that art calling do not pass me by and as I sat there and we sang that hymn as I shared with you that day I felt the Lord's spirit in great power as if he heard all of your cries, all of your cries. I picked out some voices that I could hear and understand and associate that voice with the singer. And I know as well as I'm standing here, the Lord, the Lord God Almighty And his son, Jesus Christ, does hear your cry. Each and every one of you. We all have our problems. We all have our differences. But he hears your cry. I have heard, the Lord said, and do hear the petition of those who are called my people. My ear is not heavy, neither is my arm short. My covenant with Israel is not forgotten, nor is my will slow to perform. But to whom shall I speak? He said, And by whom shall my counsel be observed? Behold, I am wedded to my covenant. The covenant that you made in the waters of baptism. He is wedded to that covenant, he says. And am jealous of my agreement. With those who are thereunder. Once I have spoken, yea, twice I have declared. That the set time to favor Zion has come. But my army is not yet very great, and their weapons, many of them, are yet carnal. Nevertheless, my word shall not fail. Neither shall my purpose be changed, notwithstanding my people are slow to perceive, and the confidence of some has failed. Has your confidence failed in the Lord Jesus Christ? Has it failed? The Lord God Almighty? If so, let's repent right now. We have to, brothers and sisters. Listen to the word of the Lord. And depend on that which is written. The Lord said. uh, Where is that? Section 15 and." 16, that we have to rely on that which is written. Otherwise, why do we have these scriptures? Really? He said, behold, section 15, behold, I say unto you that you must rely upon my word. Paragraph 118. Wherefore, if you know, section 16 now, that these words are true, behold, I give unto you a commandment that you rely upon the things which are written; for in them are all things written concerning the foundation of my church, my gospel, and my rock. Brothers and sisters, there are many good. There are many good books out there. We can't deny that. But the three standard books of the church, we have to rely upon. Because, you know, when men enter and get involved in things, they taint the word of God, don't they? And just as I have explained in two previous times, and I feel it's important to do so now, You'll see how much whiter this table is than the pulpit. There's a reason for that. It had to have a little repair, of course. It's significant. Because me, as a sinner, I taint this pulpit, it's not quite as white as that right there, that table. But when we come once a month, To show and pay our allegiance to the altogether lovely one. We can be washed white and clean. As white and clean as that table. You see, there's no new thing, Ecclesiastes said. There's no new thing. That which is, is, has been. And so it is with the scriptures. Every problem in life that you have, or will have, or have had. Every problem you have had. The answers are right here in these three standard books. To overcome those problems. To overcome them. You know, the Lord said we are to be an overcoming people. He doesn't say it that way, but we... We must overcome, he said, these things remain, our problems, our trials. These things remain, that such may may receive a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, otherwise a greater condemnation, you see, in section 63. So we have to be very careful how we take upon ourselves these words, my grandfather was something. We were young teenagers, and as young teenagers would do, we, we had the radio up kind of loud. We lived right next door. They came over. There was a little area right there we played ball in, baseball. He came one afternoon, and we had the radio kind of turned up a little too loud, I suppose. He said it's pretty hard to hear the still small voice above that. (laughs) He was right. He was right. As he always was, seemed like. And we, brothers and sisters, can be right as well. And we can be guided in a right and proper way if we learn these scriptures and do them. See, that's the key we have to do them we were uh, at a meeting this past Thursday evening I'm not going to go into any specifics but it was concerning you every one of you there are groups out there that are saying low here low there those car- those cries come from everywhere don't they But we as the pastorate in our responsibility and our duty and our privilege are supposed to protect you and me. So suffice it to say that they're not going to come back again and ask us. And berate us. For not joining them. That's why brothers and sisters. We have to rely. Upon the word. Of God. And pray for discernment. Can you just see. Sister Emma. Back in that day. Watching her friends, some families, some of her family, go out to Utah. As she stood there and she observed the tears of her children. It was hard. So hard for her to do. Hard for her kids to do. But they stayed as a result of discernment, you see. That's why we have to pray for discernment this day. What if Emma would have gone out there? What if if she would have gone? Where would we be? We wouldn't be here. That one person who prayed for discernment and received that discernment blessed every one of us here today. What a marvelous God we have. I said to the gentleman the other night, I can't wait to meet her. (laughs) And all of the others who stood their ground and with discernment and wisdom that we have to pray for, knew that it was not right. It seemed right, but it was not right. And the end thereof were the ways of death. I speak spiritually, I'm speaking spiritually when I say that. Perhaps temporally as well. You know, we have to put the Lord first in our lives, don't we? You remember Hubert Case, don't you? Oscar's brother. I really didn't know Hubert as much as I knew Oscar as well as a new Oscar. Hubert said, I was awakened at 5 a.m. April 26th, 1949. That's my brother's birthday. There came the following vision. I stood in front of a table on which there was a small cake being cut into squares Then the still small voice of the Spirit came to me, saying, Inasmuch as my people will bake me a little cake first. As the prophet said to the widow and her son, If you will bake me a little cake first, the meal in the barrel and the oil in the cruse shall not grow less. Remember that? So I say to my people today, your spiritual power shall be increased and your needs shall be met in times of great stress. Coming upon the nations, you will be in great need of daily bread. For there are great things required at your hands. You must show love for me and each other in Zion If Zion is to be realized in your day and generation, this can only be done in great humility and love, witnessing for me and the message you have received. Hubert said, My whole being vibrated with the power of the Spirit of the Lord, seeing the emergencies ahead of the church. You see... When we put him first in our lives, these things will take care of themselves, will they not? It's been 11 years since my mother passed away. I'll never forget it for various reasons, obviously. But I'll never forget it for this reason. It snowed 13 inches that day. We have two driveways, one the upper one and one down below there. Where when mom and dad lived with us, they can come and go as they please and so forth. Well, mom passed away and I thought, oh boy, I've got to shovel this driveway. I shoveled the upper one so I could get out to come around and get dad. He couldn't do the steps so that he could go attend her funeral. So I had to shovel two driveways that day. And let me tell you, I was tired. Well, a couple of days went by. It snowed again. Another 12 inches. I thought, oh, oh no. I had to get Dad to the funeral. His wife of 66 years... So I commenced to do the shoveling again. I set out to do it and uh, I thought, well, there was a saying back in the day about the fine willy boys. They were talking about all my brothers, not me, the fine willy boys. I was looking for some of those fine willy boys and their nephews to come help me shovel that snow. Because I mean to tell you, I was tired. I put it to the Lord. and the Lord helped me he gave me strength and that was a wet snow wetter and heavier than the first snow oh, it was horrible I mean it was bad but I remember turning around thinking I don't remember shoveling that right there over there I kept going and kept going turned around and I thought well, I don't remember shoveling that either But the Lord helps us, doesn't he, from time to time. I didn't see any extra help, but help came. That was the day that uh, two of my brothers, who had uh, been deceased for a number of years, came and visited, believe it or not. We saw them in the form of a silhouette, I say we, me and my wife, Brent, Brenda, we saw them. And we were sitting on mom's uh, hospital bed there, just on the edge of it, visiting with mom in her regular bed. And we, we saw those two images come around and come up to our door. We both looked at each other and she said, do you Do you see that? I said, Yes, I do. One was a little taller than the other. Tom was a little taller than Mike. But they went down the hall to see how Dad was doing because he just lost his wife, you know, 66 years. I know that they, come, they came to usher Mom away. And it was the most gratifying experience. It wasn't scary It wasn't odd. It's just the way it is, you see. I got up and tried to follow those two silhouettes, I'll call them. I really can't explain. And I went out to the door. There's a covering on the back porch there for downstairs. But I looked for footprints in the snow. There were no footprints in the snow I traipsed across there to see if I could see some going up the driveway. There was no, there were no footprints going up the driveway. So that night, as that uh, white van came to receive the body of my mother, and as it drove away, I said to her as she was driving off. I love you. And I'll see you again. And you know something? I know she heard it. I know she heard that, and so it is with you today. No matter what your trial, no matter what you're going through, he hears your cry.
4: and loving Heavenly Father. We ask now, Father, that you would hear our humble cry as we come to you now to thank you, Father, for the words that you have brought to us this day through your servant. We pray, Father, that as we depart this hour, you would grant unto each and every one here a greater understanding. Yes, we know, Father, that you are above and beyond our capability to understand. But we ask now, Father, for a greater understanding of your will and your desire for us. We ask, Father, for a greater understanding of the power of your love and a greater understanding of your magnificence and your care for us. We ask, Father, that you would send us forth to become your people a peculiar people filled with your love Love for you, love for each other, love for all that you have created. And as we depart now, Father, we would ask a blessing upon the bounty, the feast, the food that you have allowed to be prepared for us. We ask, too, a blessing upon the hands of all those who prepared that food. We ask that it would nourish and strengthen us, that it would give us the power to always be found doing thy will. These things we pray, Father, in the sweet and precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.